there. You're listening to the Cary Church Podcast. We at Cary seek to be flourishing communities of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving in God's world. To find out more on how to connect with us, go to cary.asn.au. My name is Georgia and uh, I feel a little bit short, so I'm going to just pull this down. I'm not as tall as Nick. Um, And that's okay. Short people are awesome. Yeah, see? Hmm. Everybody agrees with me. And all the tall people are like, what is short? Um, Hi, it's really good to see you. If we haven't met, my name is Georgia, and I'm just going to talk for about 20 minutes. Uh, Okay, so this morning, I had a moment. I got in the car with Dave and uh, my son, Tiago, or TJ, Uh, Firstly, I realised that because I got dressed in the dark, I put on my PJ top. So we're just going to roll with it tonight. Uh, And as I'm sitting on the front, I see that Dave has bought some Velcro dots. And I'm like, great, we need some of those. Really good. Dave, thanks for buying Velcro dots. And he turns to me and says, did you know? Velcro is the name of the company. The actual name of the product is hook and loop. Okay, so this was a moment. Like, there was a before I knew this information, and then there's now. It's like everything is different. Have you ever had moments like that, where you're like, oh my gosh, everything is different now? Like, my eyes are opened, everything has changed, I can see things in the light now, it's totally different, what is going on? I feel like I have those moments way too often. Has anybody had a moment like that? I have definitely had a moment like that. And we have moments like that with God too. Uh, Tonight, we had a moment. I love baptism because it's a marker moment. It's a mountain moment. There's before and now everything is different. And that is exciting. Sometimes we can have moments with God where we get to know his love deeper where we're in worship or we're hanging out with friends or we're talking to God and something changes and it's like, you know what? Everything is different now. And that is exciting. And tonight we're going to look at what happens after a moment. We're looking at Acts. We're looking at Acts 4. And you can't really look at Acts 4 without looking at Acts 3. Sometimes you look at two chapters and you're like, so I don't know how these are related, but they're next to each other. These two roll straight from one to another. They are so connected. So we're going to quickly look at Acts 3 and then jump into Acts 4. A couple of weeks ago, if you were in the morning service or if you were here at at Kerry at night, Dave Kilpatrick talked to us about Acts 3. And let me set the scene. I've got Peter and John. Peter and John are going to the temple and they walk to a gate called Beautiful and they see a man who has been lame or crippled for 40, more than 40 years, it says. And they talk to him and in Jesus' name, they heal him. They have this moment where God just intervenes. And then God continues to intervene. It says that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he starts to speak and he starts to tell people about Jesus. He starts to tell them about the good news of God. And in that moment, it says that people came to knew God, that after that day, the church had grown to over 5,000 people. It says over, over 5,000 men, not including women and children. Everything was exploding. We had a community that was having a moment They were having a mountain moment where they saw things from a different perspective. God intervened. 
And then we get to Acts 4. Now, Acts 4 starts with Peter still speaking. This is where we're at. They're like, we're right in the middle of it. So let's read, let's pick up there, and let's see what happens. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. We're right in that moment. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Side note, we're not talking about a jail with bars or somewhere nice to sleep for the night. We're talking about a hole in the ground. It's not very nice. Uh, But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were a name that I can't pronounce, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name do you do this? We're going to stop there. So this is the moment after. This is the day after. So they've had this amazing moment with God, and now they're having to stand up for what God has done. That's a bit of a scary thought. Now, this was not just like standing in front of a couple of friends. The best example of what these men were standing in comes from Star Wars, at least for me. It's that moment when Anakin has to stand before the Jedi Council. And he's not just standing before the Jedi Council, he's standing before Yoda who knows everything, right? This is the moment that they find themselves in. They are standing in front of the guys who literally are supposed to know everything about God, and they're being told to to, um, justify what they have done and what God has done. They're standing in a moment. And it's funny how this can happen. We can have moments with God. We can have uh, what we would call a mountain moment, a moment where we can just see the glory of God, where we see how great He is, where He tells us how beautiful and wonderful He is. When He shows us what His love is like, we can have these moments and the next day find ourselves in a situation where we have to stand and declare what we believe. That's hard. And this is the moment that Peter and John find themselves in. Let's read on. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Okay, I'm just going to pause there for a second. If I was John in this moment, I would be like, shut up. Shh. You're literally accusing people of killing God. Could you just, 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 this is the moment to be quiet. But Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, so he continued to speak. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. 
But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, this is great. In my mind, I'm thinking of this guy just standing in the corner like, hey guys, I can stand now. (laughs) Uh, There was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the um, Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. That's Jesus' name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Okay, another side note. If I was John in this moment, I'd be like, cool, time to cut our losses. We're going to leave now. Thank you so much. Thank you for not putting us back in jail. Good. Peter does not do this. He says, Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. That is a crazy turn of events. Peter and John are brought before uh, the Yoda of that time and told, all right, why did you do what you did? Then Peter is overcome with the Holy Spirit and he starts speaking. And that's scary He's standing in a moment where they have to stand up for what they believe. And what happened is these men ended up standing in victory. Because the truth is that the day after is the moment when our doubts start to rise up. It's the moment when our fears start to rise up. It's the moment when we start questioning whether God was even there. And in those moments... We must decide how we stand. So how did these men stand? I think the key is they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, these were men who knew the voice of God and listened to it. My hope for us tonight, guys, is that we begin a new journey of learning more about his voice. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I don't actually know about God. I don't really know about this whole thing. I don't know what his voice sounds like. My hope is that tonight you start to cultivate a relationship with him. Maybe you've been, you and God have been friends forever. I, my hope is that you get deeper with him, that he teaches you more about himself and that this is the beginning of a new journey with him. So how do we learn his voice? We need to cultivate intimate relationship with God. And Peter did this. A really good example is in John 21, and he's sitting on the beach with Jesus. And they're having this beautiful, intimate conversation where Jesus is saying, he says to him three times, hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, I love you. I love you. I love you. And Jesus starts speaking into him. He starts speaking into his future. He pulls out the gold in him and he directs him to what God wants him to do. It's a beautiful, intimate moment. Peter knew the voice of God. And so in a moment where he had to stand, 
He was aware and able to hear God speaking. So goats. This reminds me of goats. I uh, was an environmental biologist for way longer than I should have been. And so I love the environment. I find when I I look at animals, when I learn about plants and fungus, in that moment, uh, I get so much closer to God. And goats are ugly-looking things, but they so remind me of us. You see, mountain goats were made to climb. I'm going to put a photo of that up. Mountain goats have two-pronged hooves. They've got these hooves that are like fingers, right? And more than that, they're encased in a hard casing, but they have a soft center. These feet are specifically designed to get into crevices that your naked eye can't even see. Did you know that goats are the hardest things to photograph because they go places that even people in airplanes can't get to? Did you know that goats have the strongest neck and their neck muscles are what helps them climb. They were made to climb mountains and they were made to go places nowhere else went. More than this, goats fly. If you've seen a goat jump, it looks like they're falling with style. They just like go. It's amazing. And just like a goat was made to climb a mountain, we were made to hear the voice of God. And sometimes we might find ourselves in a perilous situation. We might find ourselves on the side of a mountain. But we need to know that we were made to be sure-footed like a goat. It says, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We're meant to know his voice. And the truth is that goats, they're born with all of the equipment to be able to climb a mountain. But a kid actually needs to go through a process of building the courage to do that. And in the same way, we need to go through a process of tuning into God, of learning what he's saying. Did you know God is always speaking? I believe that he wants to speak to you tonight. I believe that he wants to speak to you tomorrow. I believe that he wants to speak to you when you're sleeping. He wants to speak to you when you wake up. God is so ready to talk to you, but we need to tune into him. It's like an old school radio. The radio is always playing. There's always a channel there, but we need to be able to turn that dial so that we can tune into him. And the truth is that when God speaks, it changes everything. Even though we might be experiencing negative things or walking through unfavorable situations, one whispered word from God changes everything. Do you desire to hear his voice speaking today? When I was 15, I found myself on a youth camp. And uh, I had a youth pastor pray a really weird prayer over me. In fact, that pastor is here tonight, um, or volunteer, and he prayed this prayer. He said, I pray that your bucket, your God bucket, gets a hole in it. And it was probably one of the best prayers anybody's ever prayed for me. And what he meant was, I pray that you are always hungry for more of God. 
I pray that you never feel complacent, but that you always are hungry for more of God. My prayer tonight is that we are hungry for God. So how do we cultivate intimacy with God? We have to meet him in our secret places. Psalms 25, 14 says, and I'm going to put up one uh, version and then I'm going to read you another version. It says, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. He's talking about confiding in us. In the Passion Translation, it says, there is a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near him and receive the revelation of his promise. There is a private place for you and God. God meets us in the quiet place. He meets us when it's just him and us. Did you know that your relationship with God is, is unique? It is special and it is yours. It's not going to look like mine. My relationship is not going to look like my husband's. It's not going to look like my mom's. It's mine. Your relationship is yours. And God wants to speak to you the way that he speaks to you. God longs for a deeper relationship. He wants to encase you in his love. And this is a man who laid down his very life. God who came in the form of a man so that he could lay down his life so that he could walk with you, so that we could walk in the freedom that comes with knowing God. So he speaks to us in our special place. Uh, when I was in high school, I really, 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 really wanted to get to know God. I was like so ready. It was after this prayer that I'd had. And I was like, God, I just want to get to know you. And I would go and I would sit down with my Bible and I would fall asleep. And I was just, it was just such a struggle. And I just couldn't, everybody was like, you should journal. I'm not a very good journaler. I'm not, if you try to read my writing, you won't be able to. I can't read my writing. It was a terrible idea for me. I just couldn't do it. And one day I found myself just completely frustrated and I yelled up at my mum up the stairs, I'm going out! And then I ran out the door before I even heard what she said. And we were living in North Fremantle. So I like walked down to the riverfront and I'm walking down the front of the river and I must have looked like a crazy person because I was just flailing and yelling and I was like, God, seriously, like, are you even there? I don't even know because I'm literally trying to talk to you and I keep falling asleep and we're supposed to have this intimate relationship and I don't have it and I'm ranting and ranting and ranting and ranting and I'm walking along and I find myself at the old bridge into Fremantle, you know the one? And there is a fisherman's bridge underneath. And so I start walking on this fisherman's bridge because I was like, oh, okay, let's walk there. And I have to climb over logs and things to get to the end. And I find myself in this little alcove right at the end. And I'm sitting there and the water is rushing underneath me. And I'm looking out at the port. I just sat there. I was like, oh. okay, God. I'm here. And the only thing that happened was this thought came into my head. And it was a thought, uh, oh, I think it was something that we were learning in kids' church. I was a leader in kids' church at the time. And it was like, you should set this aside as holy. I don't even really know what that meant. But I knew that holy meant to be set aside for God. And so I was kind of like, okay, yeah, this should be God in my place. All right, we're going to do that. This is my place. Done. Uh, and 
Nothing happened. Eventually, I went home. But I decided to come back to that place. I came back to that place day after day, and sometimes I'd bring my Bible. But I said to myself, you know what? When I sit in this place, I'm talking to you, God. So we're going to talk. And as I sat there over days and weeks, it's like my heart softened. And I started to hear him. What does God's voice sound like? God's voice, we can hear him in the Bible. We can hear him like a nudge in our heart. Sometimes it's an audible voice. Sometimes it's through dreams or through other people. Sometimes it's through the environment. God wants to speak in so many different ways. I encourage you, if you don't have your place or your way that God speaks, you find it. And be okay with the fact that it's not going to look like somebody else's. That's okay. My husband, he says that he hears God most when he's running. I'm so glad God doesn't speak to me that way because I was not made to run. <laughs> Just put it out there. I have friends who they have coffee dates with God. I have friends who uh, they have a specific chair in their house. And they're like, when I sit in this chair, I'm talking to God. Whatever you need to do to find your secret place with God, do it because God wants to speak. It's so important for us to know his voice because when we know his voice, we can hear it in every moment. Graham Cook says, your intimacy with Jesus is your greatest weapon. See, Peter knew the voice of God and he was able to stand in courage because he heard it. And the truth is, Peter didn't get it always right. There's times when he didn't hear God. There's times when he ran away. But in this moment, he heard and he responded. God's voice is a voice of hope. It is a voice of love. It is a voice of joy. When he speaks, he creates. He shifts things. He aligns things. He corrects things. He heals. He ignites. He refreshes. He rejuvenates. And he causes those dry places in us to spring to life again. Now, Acts 4 goes on, and John and Peter are released, and they go to their friends, and they just start praying, and they praise God for everything that he had done, and then they pray for courage, and it says that the Holy Spirit came to them. They prayed for courage. You know, it takes courage to stand for what we believe. It takes courage to climb a mountain. And it takes courage to seek him. It can be scary. Because talking with God means that we have to be vulnerable. And we can find ourselves in a place with, where the what-ifs of fear are robbing us of our closeness from God. What do I mean? I mean that voice that says, what if he doesn't speak what if I get it wrong? What if I'm not good enough or special enough? What if I don't pray right? What if it's not him? What if he's not there? What if it hurts? We have these what ifs of fear that can stop us. It's like that dial on the radio gets knocked and all we can hear is static. Fear can rob us of hearing everything that God has for us. And we have a choice to make when we have those moments. We have a choice to stay in the what-ifs of fear or to move into the what-ifs of faith. 
to change our thinking and our perspective from what if, what if you don't show up? What if I'm doing this wrong? What if, what if, to what ifs of faith? What if God does show, show up? What if he wants to say something wonderful? What if I pick up the Bible and what I read is what I need to hear? What if God wants to speak in this moment? What if I hear his voice and I know, and he tells me to smile at the right person and he moves? What if, what if, what if? Let's change our what ifs tonight. And sometimes it takes a bit of time to, to make that choice. My mum used to say, you can doubt all you want, Georgia, but you just keep stepping out. And what she meant was, even when I'm doubting, even when I'm having those what if of fear, I can say, what if you don't show up? I'm going to meet you. What if I'm doing it wrong? I'm going to come see you again. What if I don't know what you're saying? I'm going to pick up my Bible again. We keep climbing and like a goat we find ourselves on the top of a mountain maybe tonight you are in a mountain moment you're like God is so good and so great and so wonderful and I know his voice I encourage you press in because God wants to give you more he wants to show you more of who he is maybe you're in a valley a valley in the Bible is uh, used to uh, show a, a time that is difficult that it's a struggle let me tell you Valleys are where you have to go sometimes to get food. Even goats who live on the top of a mountain need to go down into the valley so that they can have the food and the sustenance that they need. And even though you might be in a difficult place tonight, let me just encourage you, in the middle of that place, God wants to speak to you and he wants to bring you life. There was this guy, I'm just going to end with this, uh, in the 1600s. His name was Brother Lawrence, and he was a Carmelite uh, brother in a monastery in Paris. And he's famous for his intimate relationship that he had with God. After he died, uh, some of the things that he had written got put into a book. And one of the things that he said was, There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. These only, those only comprehend it who practice it and experience it. It's time for us to practice and experience having a continual conversation with God. Because the truth is, when we hear him, even in a scary moment, when he tells us to step out, we find victory. I want to take a moment. Uh, we're just going to have one more song in a minute. Uh, but I feel like there is... Some of us here who sit under a lot of what-ifs of fear that stop us from being in an intimate relationship with God. And so I want to have a moment where we close our eyes. And if this is not you, that's okay. Close your eyes, think about something else. But I just want to read something and pray over you. Because the truth is, God is not there to hurt you. He's there to bring you life. And sometimes we need to be told that truth again. So I'm going to read that truth now. So close your eyes. And then I'm going to pray. It is vital that we understand His heart and know that when we approach God, we are celebrated and not condemned. We need to know that He doesn't point out your flaws 
or call you, He calls you higher. He calls out the beauty in you and He sees you and your destiny. He knows your heart. He knows the bits that hurt and He longs to hold you in it. He wants to share His heart with you more than you want to hear. So right now in Jesus' name, I want to lift off the pressure of getting it right. The pressure that you have to form, um, have the right formula or say the right thing to hear from God. Let me just say, just be with Him in your private place. Enjoy Him and let Him teach you and let Him show you who He is. Right now, I want you to let go of the striving and trying to hear and the anxiety that that brings. It's time to just simply abandon yourself with Him, whether you hear or not. I pray that you get the courage, that we all have the courage to stand again, to lean again, to trust again, and to seek Him. Because when He speaks, it activates our faith. It activates our ability to dream. God wants you to dream again. He wants to show you hope again. Every time He speaks, His whispers bring life and catapults us into a greater freedom. It ignites in us the spark of Matthew 19, 26, when Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Maybe you're sitting in tonight and you've never started having that conversation with God. You're like, you know what? I've never, we're not really friends yet. I wouldn't really say that. Maybe tonight is the moment where you ask God, hey God, let's cultivate a relationship. I want to get to know you. I promise you it'll be the best moment you ever make. And there are no perfect words in a moment like this. But if right now you want to say, you know what, God, I want to step into a relationship with you. Then right now in this moment, you can say it in your head, that's okay. God hears us. And I invite you to say, God, I want to be in a relationship with you. I know that you died for me. And I want to get to know you. Let's start that journey. And if that's you, come and find one of us after. Let's continue that conversation because just like uh, Peter and John went to his friends, we're actually not supposed to do this alone. We get to do this with people. That's exciting. So God, I pray right now that you give us a hunger for you that we, our bucket, our God bucket gets a hole in it, that we never have enough of you, that we always want more of you. I pray that you open up our ears to hear you, hear you in every moment of our life. I thank you that you are good. Amen.